Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is Oklahoma State being overlooked as they head into the Big 12 championship game by the Texas Longhorns and by Las Vegas? We'll discuss that on today's show. Also, one final regular season edition of the Big 12 Watch Power Rankings. This is the Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find this show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well like the video leave your comments subscribe to the channel all of those things help get this show around so we appreciate you all doing all those things uh and helping out in any way that you can find me on twitter at nwpod365 at josh neighbors underscore as well so crazy hectic week we already had a sunday reaction show we had a sunday reaction show to dana holgerson getting fired we had a monday normal show about the biggest disappointment of the big 12 we had a Monday instant reaction show to the news that Blake Shapin and uh, Will Howard are entering the transfer portal. And then this is our normal Tuesday show, and obviously we'll have as much as we can. Big 12 championships coming this weekend. I'm also calling five state championship football games this weekend, so all that's going to be sandwiched all together. Busy week for me coming up, so appreciate your all support, liking videos, subscribing to the channel. All of those things help us out so much in this busy, busy time. Okay, so, <clears throat> excuse me, you can tell voice, it's only a Tuesday here, uh, voice is not doing excellent, uh, but we go on anyway. So th the one thing I want to talk about is Oklahoma State being undervalued, I guess is the right word, right, uh, at this point in time. And if you look at the situation that we face as we head into the Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma State is college ball playoff poll somewhere around you know, the 20s. Texas in that seven spot. You know, we'll see what happens on, on Tuesday night when the rankings come out. Um, and we are moving forward and we're saying, okay, like, you know, Texas still in the hunt very clearly. Oklahoma State, what are they playing for? Big 12 championship, super important. You know, saying goodbye to Texas, very important. All those things, right? And when you stack these two teams up, it's pretty fair to say Texas has a very large advantage uh, because of the way they have played all season because of the record, because of the talent on the roster, I, I think all of those things factor in, right? You, you think about the positions that matter the most. And like, if we're stacking up receivers against receivers, Texas is better. It's not like some gigantic advantage, right? But it's, it's not wideouts against wideouts. It's wideouts against DBs. And so Oklahoma State's defense is competent. It's a good defense, right? But it's not a great defense. So the advantages across the board, when you think about it, are tilted Texas's way, right? What is the big weakness 
of the Texas Longhorns? Well, it's their secondary, in my opinion, right? Secondary is a big, is or at least relative to the team, is an issue for them. Okay, so Oklahoma State, out of the things they do well, like the best thing they do is run the football. They can throw it, yes, but it's not like Alan Bowman is some stud passer who's good at escaping pressure and and good at creating you know creating things for receivers downfield. No, Alan Bowman most times will run away and throw the ball away and try to protect it. Right, that is what he does. So, you know, it's a, it could be an advantage, right, for Oklahoma State, but they're really going to have to exploit that if possible. And, I mean, they're going to have to be able to run the football. If it's just a drop-back passing game, then we can pack the kids up and send them home because, you know, this is there's no point. Like, Texas wins that game. Uh, Ollie Gordon has to go for at least 100 yards. Uh, you know, it cannot be a Taj Brooks 100 yards last week. He had 95, but it didn't really matter against Texas. So that, that's kind of like, you know, what, what I'm thinking about, you know, when I'm thinking about this game and whatnot. The, the big thing, though, is the spread. The spread is 14 points. And if I eliminate the matchups and whatnot, because we'll talk matchups later on in the week. If you eliminate the matchups and you talk about how the teams have performed relative to situations this year, right? Texas has been strong uh, in games when they are, you know, favorites because they're favorites most of the time. They win the games. They're not covering a ton of spreads um, recently, I will say. Texas this year against the spread is a 6-6 six and six ball team. Uh, that, that is what they are against, against the number. And you think about some of these games where this stuff happened, right? Like the Kansas State game, they're 6-5-1, excuse me. The Kansas State game, they were covering, and then they weren't, and then it became a game. The TCU game, they were covering and they weren't, and they had to ice that game away late. Um, the Iowa State game, I think they actually ended up, they did cover that game. Texas game against Oklahoma, obviously they did not cover. And so there was this middle portion of the season where things were kind of rocking and rolling early on, like early to middle part of the season, things were rocking and rolling for them. Um, and so, like, they have been winning all these games. And do you wish they'd look better at times? Yes. Uh, now you can't look much better than they did in their final game. So I'm not going to like knock them too much for that. But you think about some of the games this season, there were times you wanted to look better, right? But like Baylor, they hammer, you know, Kansas, a half of the, in the second half, they pull away uh, Houston that, you know, the second half, you wish you saw better after 21 point lead BYU. It was late when they started getting the job done. Kansas state, you wanted to pull away. They didn't really do it that well. TCU, they could have put them away and kind of did for a second, but they let them back in the game. So, like, all of these are dubs, though. Everything's a win. These are all Ws. That's good. So, I'm speaking against the number. You know, Texas has not been excellent all the time, right? Uh, Oklahoma State's been good against the number when their dogs or the, the spread's pretty close, save the UCF game, obviously, right? Like, when they're favorites, they just, they do not, <laughs> they do not deliver the goods all the time, right? I mean, think about the uh, the Houston game that they eventually did. I'm not even sure if they covered the original number, though. They did against Houston, I believe. Um, but, you know, the game last week against BYU, obviously, South Alabama, obviously, uh, they were not super impressive in, in, in that game. Uh, I think against, the Kansas spread was pretty close, but, like, it's not always been pretty is, is kind of the point here. Right. So, uh, you know, in, in UCF game, but two and a half point favorite, they lose by a million Houston game. Wasn't great. They do cover that in the end. And then the BYU game, obviously did not cover. So it's a real mixed bag for them. They're seven and five ATS this year, but like that dog territory is actually where they do pretty well. And I think that Arizona state line was pretty tight. 
uh, if I remember correctly, for them in that game. Um, Arkansas State, they didn't cover, uh, obviously, in that one too. So I think the, the one big thing is when I, when I think about those gambling lines and I, I kind of put that into like what it means for the game perspective, this is what we're talking about here. I'm talking about uh, how these teams play in situations. So Mike Gundy is really good at, as the dog, like how do we do K-State game dog? Kansas game was tight spread. They did pretty well in that game, obviously. Oklahoma game dog. They end up winning that game outright. Mike Gunny as an underdog has been fantastic. And I, I think this situation is he will be ready to play. I do not think it will be a dog walk situation. I don't think we're having that. Um, and Oklahoma State, like the, the big thing though for them is they need to start faster than they have been. Texas is a team that starts fast, finishes slow. They are a team, you know, at times can start fast, finish fast, but generally speaking, it has been a fast start and a slow finish that has hurt the Longhorns. Oklahoma State last couple of weeks has actually the last three games has gotten buried right in the in the first part of the game. UCF did it, Houston did it, and BYU did it. They they got buried early. One game, weird game at UCF, they didn't fight back. The next two, they did fight back. Right, they did end up winning two of those games uh, against BYU and Houston. So I think this kind of makes me think, hey, fast start is what's important here, but. Can they wear on this defensive line? That's the big thing. Like they need to keep it close to make that the case. It can't be a two score game at halftime where you're necessitating the passing game because it's not a super explosive passing offense. That's not what Oklahoma State brings to the table. So we talk about how game flow needs to work. It needs to be a tighter game. Now, on some of the apps here, like in Arkansas, like you look at Vegas Insider. Uh, you know, you can see where these spreads are right now. You know, 14 is up uh, and, and I've seen some 14. Yeah. I mean, you're getting a lot of 14 and a halfs right now, uh, right now at FanDuel, 14 and a half MGM's got 14 and a half DraftKings has 15. Like that's, that's within the realm of possibility. But I, I think, you know, with the way that we've seen Oklahoma state, like crawl back into games, you're like, ah, it's. I don't want to lay that many points, but the problem is their, their way of crawling back into games is using Ollie Gordon. You cannot do that against Texas. Texas Trump card is how well they've defended the run this year. So that is why, you know, I, I think the numbers kind of feel right, but like it's one of those deals where this is either going to be a tight game or a blowout. And so the number falls in between a tight game and a blowout, right? Like this could conceivably be, Hey, you know, conceivably be, a seven point game relate score that makes it a 14 point game, right? 10 point game relate score that makes it a 17 point game. That's why the spread falls in the middle. Uh, but it feels like that could happen, but the more, the more likely situations are on the Oklahoma state makes it close and maybe they finish the damn, the damn job or Texas dog walks them. And it's not a very competitive game. And that is what Oklahoma state has to square with. Right. Like they, um, I don't know if they could do what K State did against, against Texas. I don't know if they could do that. Maybe they could, but like K State, the execution late was really good from them. Most of the game, it sucked. But as soon as Texas started putting them in good spots, they, they, they pounced on it. So I just, I just don't know because, and look, they've played back and forth games. It felt like Oklahoma could have gotten them a couple times, but they, they kept battling back. 
uh, they needed to look like Bedlam to win this game because I do not see a situation in, in where in which it's like Oklahoma State's leading most of the way, right? They're going to need to be back and forth. I do not see Oklahoma State trying to keep away from from Texas. Texas will be most likely leading this game. You just got to keep it within striking distance. And I'm wondering, like, is there a chance Oklahoma State could, weigh down, could wear down Texas? It's hard to see that happening because who's done that this year? Has anybody worn down Texas? You take out that, and look, championship games can be weird, so maybe we should factor this that Oklahoma game in. But the Oklahoma game, running the ball, it was a quarterback. That is not what Alan Bowman's about. He's not a running quarterback. He's thick, a thick dude. So this is why it feels like, you know, when it comes to the Vegas spread, like on its face, I want to say Oklahoma State's being disrespected. But when it comes to the numbers itself and, and the ways that teams have hurt Texas and the ways Oklahoma State could hurt Texas, that's why the number, you kind of shrug your shoulders and say, oh yeah, this makes sense. This is this is this is an atypical Oklahoma State team. And the problem is what they do well goes up against what Texas does great. And what Texas does great is stopping the run. And Ollie Gordon is a fantastic player and a great running back. But there have been a lot of good running backs who have gone up against Texas this year, and it hasn't really mattered. Um, there have been a lot of guys that you consider good backs, whether it be Devin Neal and Hyshaw and the rush attack from KU. Right, whether it be uh, you know Bailey at uh, Imani Bailey was had a really good strong start to the year. Taj Brooks obviously really good start to the year for them too. Texas did avoid West Virginia, which would have been interesting if they got them. Um, but yeah, like a lot of these teams that run the ball well, even Texas or uh, Alabama, did not have success. So when I think about what these teams do well, and I think about that number, I do have a tough time coming to the conclusion that it's wrong because, you know, it's in the middle of two kind of extremes and that's where it's kind of meeting, right? Either Texas does what Texas does and, and Oklahoma state cashes that check and says, Hey, y'all screwed up. We hammered you in short yarded situations or, or Texas is like, no, we played a cleaner game. And guys, the thing is here, if Texas plays a clean game, they win. If Texas plays clean, they win this football game. They are a better team than Oklahoma State. There is not a there's nobody who can contend that. There's a lot of people out there who keep throughout the season, there's been a lot of comments made on this channel about Texas and about that team. And be like, this guy's a Texas Homer. This guy, you know, is an SEC guy because he went to Missouri. Like, guys, they laugh at us in that conference. Okay. They laugh at us. And I cover the Big 12. I have been the entire time I have been in my professional career. Love the conference. Don't love the fact Texas is here, but you have to admit that this team, like if you put all the last Big 12 champions up against each other or teams in the Big 12 title, right? 2020 OU, 2020 Iowa State, 2021 Baylor, 2021 Oklahoma State, 2022 TCU, 2022 K-State. Could Texas lose to all of those teams? Yes. Who would be favored on a neutral team uh, with all those teams? This Texas team would. This is the best team out of all of those groups, out of all of those teams 
this team is better. And that is counting last year's TCU team. That is. That is totally counting them. This Texas team is the best because last year's Texas team was favored against TCU. I mean, like, you know, numerically, but like this year it's showing up in the actual the content of the games. So, th- guys, I, I hate to be like Texas is better, but Texas is better. We all have to admit that. And look, somebody made a comment on a recent video. Hey, maybe it's like good for the league. And I hate to say this. The person said that. I hate to say this, but like, is it better for the league if Texas wins and goes to a CFP because we get the money and you know, they're a Big 12 team still. They're not an SEC team. And there is some truth to that. That is, that is a real thing. Now, will we all love Oklahoma State denying Texas that moment? Sure. It's almost a win. There are ways to say, hey, it's a win-win. I think there are ways to say, hey, man, this is a win-win either way when you when you look at how this thing could shake out. I would not disagree with you on that uh, on that front. But like, yeah, there has to be a certain knowledge. People are like, oh, looking at your orange glasses. Yeah, what do I care? Like, why do I care about Texas? They're conceited. They're they're annoying. They're not a great fan base. Uh, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not a top-tier Big 12 fan base. It's just kind of like the money, the power players that do it. It's one of those big brand colleges got a lot of people supporting it, you know, that, that are uh, kind of separated. You know, they're not as passionate, I guess you could say. And so, like, yeah, I don't love Texas, but, man, like this team, I like to watch them play. They're a very good team. I enjoy watching. I miss you, Jonathan Brooks. We all do. I like watching the defensive line work. I love watching Quinn Ewers get, you know, get better. I love watching Sark help his quarterbacks out. A.D. Mitchell's been fantastic. Xavier Worthy's fast. J.T. Sanders is a lot of fun to watch, too. Like, they've got fun players that I enjoy watching. I'm not going to say I don't. Um, B. John Robinson and Brees Hall are my two favorite players that have been in the Big 12 in the last, you know, three, four, five years. You know, one Iowa State, one Texas. Different programs, but I enjoy them both the same. So, you know, I I think that, like, we all want to say, hey, man, you know, look, there are some folks out there, I'm not going to name names, that do podcasts to cover this league who are like, go pokes. They can do it. That's not what we do here. We, we watch football. We assess football, honestly. Uh, and after watching the games, Texas is better. Texas has a win at Alabama, right? Texas is lone, lone loss in rivalry game against Oklahoma in a game that is always really strange. So if we assess that honestly, and we're, you know, we're, we're being truthful about it. Like, and we say, hey, Oklahoma State, what do you do well? What does Texas do well? Well, that's a problem because Texas stops the run better than Oklahoma State runs the football because Oklahoma State runs the ball very well against some not excellent competition. They've done, done it well against good teams too, but like they haven't faced a team that is as physical as Texas is. So that is where kind of the rubber, I think, will meet the road. And if I'm wrong, I'm glad to be wrong, but we've got 12 games of proof at this point that running the football against Texas is like next to impossible. Uh, at, at least running it against Texas in a way that wins you football games, right? Like running the ball in a normal game is not how you beat Texas. You have to throw it on them. And I don't know if Oklahoma state's equipped to do that. Um, so I think the answer to the question is Oklahoma state's not being overlooked. I would love to say it's Mike Gundy. They have a better coach. They have been uh, overlooked all year. Right, so we have to give them more credit there, but this is a different beast. Uh, this is this is a different beast. Texas, this team is on neutral site too. It's a different beast. All right, this last version of Big Twelve Power Rankings is as follows: Not much change. Texas and Oklahoma State. We give Kansas the bump to third after their big win over Cincy. 
Oklahoma's got more wins, but against good teams, it felt like, hey man, the other team showed up more, right? Oklahoma, like, look at the teams ahead of them, right? What is the record of Oklahoma against the teams that are ahead of them? They are one and two against those teams. And one of them was a very close loss. Once again, that game was weird. If they played it again, like I would bet Texas every time again. That was the right side of it, uh, in my opinion. Uh, OU is fourth. Uh, I have them. I, yeah, there's there's still uh, they're still fourth. Oklahoma or Iowa State rather is fifth after their Snowmageddon win. Kansas State is sixth, down three spots because you have to put them behind these these teams. I know they beat Kansas right, but that was a third string quarterback in a very tight game. And now the second string is back and Kansas looks good again. So I will put them back up at number three in the league. And they also have a win over OU. And if they play that game again, I still think Kansas has a good shot at winning that game. Not going to back off that point. Uh, West Virginia is number seven. They're kind of hard to, to just move them very much. Uh, but I still think, you know, hey, really good team. Texas Tech is eight. UCF's up a spot to nine. TCU down a spot to 10. BYU up a spot to 11. Houston down a spot to 12. Baylor and Cincy stay static. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter slash X at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. All right, folks, we'll be back as the news happens here on the Big 12.